0: Hello, and welcome to the TFO Football Podcast. I'm Joe Devine. Uh, Alex is here also, Alex Stewart. Hello. 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 All right? Yeah. Good. Fine. Today's episode, what did you say, fine? Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode, we were joined by Nick Tyler Hicks whose job role... What? What is it? We talked... the husband the whole episode talking about scouting, but his job... He's at, a recruitment analyst. That is his title. Correct. Recruitment analyst for Millwall Football Club. Yes. And so today's episode really was a day in the life of, or more like a season in the life of, or perhaps even a, a life in the life of, a recruitment <laughs> analyst. Not specifically... We didn't talk specifically about Millwall, but we talked to Nick about what he does for a job, how that all works, how the process works. I guess... In some ways, it will be specific to Millwall, but we can draw inferences from that to what the life of a recruitment analyst would be like at most clubs. Mm. Um, And there's some interesting little nuggets to pull from this one. Uh, I guess Millwall uh, are a team working with a budget, like all teams are. Their budget is going to be smaller than teams in the Premier League, for example. So what difficulties does that present? How do players become flagged to look at? How does the... um, Oh, I mean, the organisation of it sounds like a f- nightmare. Uh, not in that they're doing anything wrong, but just in that, like, the, keeping on top just of all a that information. Huge amount of
1: information. Yeah, yeah.
0: A, a lot enormous. of enormous, a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we talked to Nick all all about that um, and found it very interesting. Hope you find it interesting too. Um, this episode, of course, is supported by. The Athletic, Uh, (laughs) the best place to read about football online. Get a 30-day free trial and 50% off an annual subscription by visiting theathletic.co.uk forward slash TIFO. And that works out to eight pence a day. I saw a comment on last week's podcast saying, what does pence mean from someone who isn't from the UK? I'm sorry. It is a one one-hundredth denomination of a pound. Or I guess it would be like a cent if you were in america yeah um someone's calling me but i won't answer it now because that would be inappropriate and a bad timing in the middle of uh (laughs) letting you know how great the athletic is anyway um now that that's done listen to the episode hope you enjoyed it and um you can leave us a review a rating um, Have you run out of things to say and you're just, no, sort of just waffling a little bit now? I never do that. I never no. do these things, and I feel like I should be doing them. Click, like, subscribe. Yeah, leave us what, a you know. We're on we, we we're on all the these things. They're on YouTube. We never
1: are, people just do it anyway.
0: I know, but I feel like we should be. You know, when well, you listen more to professional. other professional. Well, when I listen to other podcasts, yeah, and then I always hear them saying, "Oh, you know, do." do this thing i think enable what, notifications do yeah do all of those things anyway well, you know what they are just just, just do just them just do the things you're supposed to do for christ's sake yeah. honestly uh, okay that's the episode um enjoy, enjoy it <laughs> mm. hello nick tyler hicks Thank, Hi, thanks for coming man really appreciate it My um pleasure. what is your job title recruitment analyst recruitment analyst okay yeah. and you work at millwall football club i do great okay can you uh talk me through a sort of average day at work for you i'm sure there's lots of different things that you do but a kind of average mm. day at work would be would be great
2: uh so monday is a good place to start i guess monday yeah uh, Which is a busy day for me in particular because I assign our video scouts fixtures. um, And that's based on uh, our priority score, which we've made for monitoring players, players that have been flagged, and then players that need uh, watching, basically. So I distribute video with one or two players for our team of video scouts to report back on. What's a priority score, just in terms of priority of how quickly they need to look at it? Yeah, right. so there's okay. many things that contribute to the priority score, and then that's listed, and so whoever's at the top needs to be sent out and distributed, right. be it via video or live scouting, because obviously we have people that go out on the ground mm. and watch games as well. Does this mean also that you have video editing skills? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. some. Um, Would you like a job? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I'd be able to edit your videos. A big step down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very probably. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, lots of video editing, particularly uh, pre-window
0: right. video editing for the manager. Right. Um, and are you going through lists of things that they would like to look at or are you providing the things that you think that they need to be looking at? Is it a kind of mixed A bit top? of both. You, yeah. you, you learn over time what that manager would like to, to see,
2: mm-hmm. examples of. For a player so there's an element of clips involved of that player doing it but then you can't be just watching a game sometimes to see how the rest is unfolding so mm. clips might help you to to paint a picture of a player and to get an yeah. idea but then you end up just giving out games for them to watch or yeah even if they're
0: ball in play or whatever but i guess because the context is important isn't it i mean you mm-hmm. know there's this sort of age-old stereotypical view of um online scouts that they watch YouTube videos of cut yeah. together clips which can make any any exactly. player look good you can literally make anyone look alright <laughs> if you go and <laughs> yeah. pull together a playlist of them doing good things Yeah. So. ok so let's, let's pick a striker then uh, a, 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 you know um, a Striker X if you are compiling a video clip, presumably, as you said, it's kind of it's either based on a list of things that uh, the manager would like to see or that the staff would like to see or that you're providing. What sort of things are they beyond the obvious of, of goals? I would have thought goals probably don't pop up too often in those lists, today they? Um, for a centre-forward, you would watch
2: them scoring goals. So sure. Yeah, but it's, it's position-specific and specific to us as a club. So mm-hmm. we have... Um, we have... Uh, what we want from each position so like clearly defined because that helps us to distribute to scouts as well what we want from each player in each position so mm. uh responsibilities and you know particular metrics that that player needs to be good at yeah. so the clips can then follow that kind of process as well right okay so for a fullback for example they need to be defence first so we might start with them being good at defending and that's a Millwall thing is it defense first yeah defense first fullbacks has been in the past fundamental for for us Mm -hmm. so and then for wide players it would be um well you can have different types of wide player but like if I was compiling one on a Jed Wallace type player you'd have them ball carrying and putting balls into the box and things like that so Mm -hmm. but that's that's you know, very basic just to put together a few clips of a player doing that and then yeah but that all comes at the end of a, a big process that's gone into highlighting that player in the first place so right okay that's S- kind of just how you would present them visually right and uh, through video to those and then
1: going on to make a decision. right okay so presumably the the, the process starts with you have a sense that the manager is going to want to play let's say 442 and they would like a particular kind of defensive line. They'd like their wide players to do a certain thing. They'd mm-hmm. like to play one big aerial striker and one smaller, quicker striker, et etc. et cetera. And then I'm guessing there's a squad assessment for who you've already got. So you're you're looking at weak points, and then everything else stems from that sense of what do we want as an overall picture and where should we be looking to improve? Because yeah. you can't... You can't Constantly improve everything, right? No, I mean, no that'd if be you too time-consuming.
2: If you can target the weakest player in your squad and look to improve them, then you're improving the group. Because we, especially ours, we can't go out and improve on our best player. Yeah. Like whilst keeping our best player,
1: it was <laughs> mm. that. that we, was a point that was made in. I can't remember if it was Socconomics or the Numbers Game, but it makes much more sense to improve your weakest player. Rather than try and go out and buy somebody who's fantastically great, perhaps in a position where you're already quite strong, yeah. And and strikers are the obvious example of that. So exactly, I,
2: I imagine that's club club specific as well. Mm. But yeah, like you say, it does make more sense, and especially for us because um, financial constraints and where we are as a club within the championship means that we yeah we can't go and add such quality players that are better than the, the best of our players it has to be mm. improving those that maybe aren't quite doing it
1: or where we're lacking in certain areas like you say and presumably that's where data is particularly helpful because if you're if you're a Manchester United or a Chelsea or whomsoever then you can probably do a lot of your scouting in the top five European leagues mm. Champions League quality players Yeah, it's you know the pool is as big as well it's slightly bigger than the pool you're looking at because there'll be a degree of quality that you probably can't attract, but you don't need to look across the whole thing. Whereas you guys will be, I'm guessing, looking for players even, you know, sort of Scottish championship level, League Two, possibly even the topper echelons of non-league. So the the pool of people that you want to be looking at is much, much bigger. So data then helps winnow that down.
2: Exactly, yeah. I imagine the problems with big clubs are, uh, you know, the problems are relative, like they have to find the best of the best to to better what they have. And yeah, I guess that's a problem for for what they face as well. But yeah, um, we can go down the leagues. I mean, it's very rare, even in championship level for players to come out of League Two and be a success, particularly short term. Um, What we've found and what we've experienced over... 4 years of recruitment now as well so just as a result of the, in the gap of in quality yeah, in the league it, it seems to be growing as well like premier league to the championship is huge championship to league 1 it seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger really so even the example of players last season the better players in league 1 that did get moves haven't quite hit the ground running obviously mm. it's long term <clears throat> well uh, we'll paint a clearer picture of whether or not they are successful but
0: I mean, it's difficult it makes me think of players like um, Jamie Vardy for example is he just a kind of exception to, the, to these sorts of rules or is it a, do you think something particularly I know you haven't spent an awful lot of time studying Jamie Vardy who does not play at Millwall but mm. do we think maybe that is just part of the way in which he plays that is better suited to perhaps Leicester as a team or the Premier League because he, he took a big jump didn't he he did
2: our uh, Chief Scout remembers when he was tearing it up at Fleetwood Right. And it was just like everyone that went to see him was saying, oh my God, like right. he's going to be good. He's going to be good. And everyone knew it. Yeah. Like he was so
1: far ahead of everything at that level. That meant that he was going to get an opportunity. It's mm. the, the same with Danny Ings. who really? was non-league down in the South as well. Right. I was talking to somebody at a Winchester City game recently. He said the same thing. It was just... It was just so clear how much better they were that mm. it was inevitable at some point. Right. And obviously, the degree to which that step up occurs is that's what's very difficult to predict. Mm. And I'd say Vardy's probably exceeded expectations in that regard. He Massively. was a bit of a
0: late bloomer, wasn't he, Jamie Vardy? Or he certainly was. Yeah, a, I think so. like, on, on the older age when he got his
2: move, right? yeah, yeah. And to a lesser extent, uh, Lee Gregory coming from Halifax to Mill when they were in the championship, it was the season before mm-hmm. I came in. But, I mean, he was 25, I think, when he came from Halifax to Mill, and right. he's been a successful player in the championship. Mm. And, yeah, so he's another example of a late, late one from the lower levels, but they are few and far between.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, exceptions. So, while we're on the, uh, the topic of age... Can I ask you about the, the differences between scouting uh, and analysing younger players who still have room to improve and uh, players who presumably are at their peak at the moment? What mm. are the challenges when you are scouting younger players and trying to work out what their ceiling might be? Well, all sorts, really.
2: Um, I personally would look for like a base level of technical ability. And if they have that, then what does that include? Touch, mm-hmm. so like a good touch. They strike the ball cleanly. Like we watch a lot of football, so you see a lot of players that can't even strike the football. But if they're athletic and you know, do a good job for their team, that can take them so far. That's but interesting. A player with more, a fun, like a, a higher level of fundamental technical ability, mm. can develop the other side of their game. Then they would
0: be one to monitor over a longer term. And is is that instinctive or technical? Do you think can you teach a player to, I mean, I know you. I'm sure you can teach the techniques of touch, but with the players, uh, you know, you don't have to name names. But at the, in the Millwall squad, for example, the player who you consider to have the best touch, would you say that that player has that instinctively, or is that something that they've learnt? A bit of both. Yeah, bit, you can certainly develop it.
2: Um, yeah, I, I probably will go back to Lee Gregory because he came from. The National League, but the strongest part of his game in the, the most, well, the last couple of seasons has been his like hold up and link up play. Right. Like in his first touch and in helping us get up the pitch and and whatnot has been like class. Mm. So whilst I wasn't around when he came in, I doubt it was that good, but it's something he's worked on in his. Like outstanding at now, and right, yeah. I even saw him for Stoke a few weeks ago, and he was still, it was still—it was like a masterclass in in
0: hold-up play and link-up play. Right for, for a, a thirty-year-old who was in the National League five years ago. So. Okay, so back to the base level. Then we've got touch. Being able to cleanly strike a ball. Are there other things? I mean, I know it's, it might. It's a funny one. Obviously, talking to you about it, I'm kind of keen to draw it out because mm. these are things which will be obvious to you when you go to work. But to me, I'm sort of thinking, what, what does that actually mean? So, if we can, is, is there is there anything else which is involved in what you would consider to be a fundamental base set of skills? Um, Do you consider athleticism as part of that, or is that yes, uh, yeah? yes, absolutely, you, you have to really, um, but that
2: can be developed as well Mm -hmm. um but then there is a certain a way a player runs can can please you aesthetically speaking so that you know the distance people cover in games is always interesting for us if we can get hold of it it's not something we we have Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately like to work with or to analyze but that's always interesting in total numbers of ground covered for example like they might cover the highest amount, but if they don't please you aesthetically speaking, you might have never said that they would be able to
0: right. to cover that kind of ground. So this is Jordan Henderson. But yeah. well, also, I watched um, I watched a, a YouTube video of clips, which doesn't tell me anything about <laughs> um the player. Is, is he at Salzburg? The player that Manchester United are reportedly interested in, Haaland, Is it? Is his name the striker? Yeah. Uh, he runs so. I've never. I'd never watched him play before. He runs in such a strange way. He's quite tall. And he's really hunched over, a bit like how Alexis Sanchez, the opposite of Alexis Sanchez, is running with his chest first. He sort of runs with his nose first. It's very strange, mm. but in a Paul Pogba-like way, he seems to be yeah. able to uh, spindle the ball around with his very, very long legs. But watching him run, you would think he probably doesn't have the athletic ability to keep that up. Maybe that's just a, a trick of the eye. I watched a player Tuesday who was very stiff and very
2: upright in their running style, but rapid. Right, um, rapid in straight lines, but then when it came to stuff in close quarters and agility speaking, he wasn't very good. So, right. as he progresses, uh, whilst he's kind of standing out of what he's doing now because he can knock and run, you know, his lack of agility and his the way he moves might come back to. You know, be detrimental to him or might hold him back when he as he progresses up the levels it was a young player so yeah. okay, that was an interesting one for me as well because I could tell within 30 seconds of watching him run that okay you're not you don't please me aesthetically speaking mm. like from an athletic point of view but he's so quick and right. can do you know what he can do there does that
0: outweigh what he can't do
2: mm. there so it's, it's, that's always the dilemma you face really
0: do you have a sort of internal grading system in your brain when you watch a player like that and you think let's use this example okay he can knock and run he's fast in straight lines but there's an agility issue there maybe that means that he might be broadly speaking successful in league one but not in the championship does it work like that in your head this yes because
2: uh, I fill in a report on that player like I've done a Mm -hmm. report on that player from that game right? and we have physical we have a physical section of that report which is scored um, and that includes agility, pace, mobility, etc., along mm-hmm. with a few other things. Um, we also conclude our reports with where you think their current ability is at level-wise in the English game, so from non-league to Premier League. And then on the back of that, you have a potential ability. Right. So you have to make that decision on every player in every report right. from you what you watch, so yes. And for him, i put current ability lead 2, potential League 1. Right, okay. Despite. So that's based on this one time I've seen him play. Yeah. And and that would be finest if you were to return to see him again or if another scout yeah, saw him. Yeah, so I I could easily change that mm. or if I, you know, likewise if I felt I stuck by what I saw originally then.
0: That's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, and does it, does it do you feel that? We've had to We've had to
2: help the scouts with it a few times because they, they might even call up. Because this is a sort of a last six months, this report template where we've demanded that right. kind of uh, ruling on ability and potential. But yeah. they're like, oh, it was a terrible game. Like, how am I? I don't really want to say what level we could play now based yeah. on this terrible game. Right. And, and, and as well as the potential of this player based on this one example. But that's exactly what we want. Unfortunately,
0: that's the nature of scouting. Is there, an, is there a little note spit where you can write in those caveats?
2: Yes, there yeah. is. Yeah, there's plenty plenty of okay. room for, for comments uh, for every section. So yeah. there's, there's technical, tactical, mental and physical sections, as right. well as uh, the final recommendation. And there's room for them to say so. But if they leave it blank, then right. we're on the phone saying... Don't <laughs> mm. don't leave it blank. Okay. So your your oh.
1: job is <clears throat> is effectively is grading people. Can, can I it?
0: drill down into the minutia of that though? Just just in terms of the numbers, and then and then then you can ask the question because I was just wanted to pick up on that. It, when you say pace, for example, you've got your little score for pace. What what yeah. what number are you putting in there, and what does that okay, mean? So it's uh,
2: it's one to ten, but then we've benchmarked our own players, right? So using physical data from within the club. Right. We've uh, given our slowest player a three. Okay. And then our quickest player an eight. Okay. So And we've done that for each metric. So our lowest rank was three. Our highest rank is eight for all the physical metrics.
0: So it's internal to the club and it's not a sort of more universal thing. You've no, kind of this yourselves. Okay. Yeah. It's specific. Um, right. The, the physical metrics used
2: to be very poor to very good and it left... So much obscurity, yeah. so we've changed it to to numbers because the physical data especially is something you you can't get data for or we can't get data for yeah, so we need that judgment to be as accurate as possible from people who have eyes on the player mm-hmm. and then if we're averaging those numbers to to paint a physical picture, a physical profile of that player, then that's what we do. But yeah right. we have benchmark millwall players, so do they know their numbers. No, 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 no. It's all from their testing. So they'll know how they tested and right. where they came as yeah. within the club, but they don't know that they're part of our reports.
0: Okay, or right. they might know. It reminded <laughs> me of when Lukaku posted that picture of uh, the slowest
1: uh, runners at United. Go on, Alex. Um, yeah, so you're, you're grading players and those judgments, obviously you'll, you'll watch... I'm guessing probably well over 100 players during the course of a season. Easily, yeah. Um, And everything is kind of kept on file, but, and I don't mean this in a bad way, who grades you? Because (laughs) the the process of, I mean, everybody, I'm sure everybody's got a story of like, oh, I saw that lad in the park and he now plays for England or blah, blah, blah. Um, My dad played with Glenn Hoddle.
0: Well, there you go. Five years behind or ahead at school, I can't remember. So, not really. But okay. yeah, that's yeah. that's our family's version of that story. That's that's good. It's not, mm. it's not, strong. Um, it's mm. not that strong. It's not the strongest. Not that good, is <laughs> it? No. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have any.
1: But do you but not? Well, then you not, you, not you football win. wise. <laughs> no. Um, we digress yeah. as usual. Mm. Mm. Um, but presumably, you're the way that you're kind of measured. Or not you personally, but scouts in general, it can't simply be on the fact that, I don't know, you maybe went to go and watch a guy once said that his ceiling was the championship and he's now an England cap player and therefore you're terrible at your job. But how is it assessed? Well, Do they keep be... track of everyone that you've looked at and kind of compare it with how they're actually doing and then say, well, this guy keeps getting it wrong or keeps getting it right? or A scout for the scouts. Right, kind of, yeah. Well, we, I mean, I guess the director of football would partly be that, but I.
2: Well, we, we're constantly doing that with our scouts, so yeah, you're you're writing a you're writing a to who's doing that for us, yeah, because we're we're essentially going through who the scouts have recommended over time and, and looking into how they how that's worked out mm. and then judging them accordingly. Um. So yeah, I guess with us. I mean, you, you you could share so many opinions on a daily basis, but then the how you're judged is on who you've signed and yeah. how well you've done, and or, or how well how well your list of people that you recommended to the manager has done or gone on to do is is the best way, I guess, um, because after all this process, because we haven't even we haven't even gone on to we haven't started at the beginning really with how we flag, we've just started with. Scouting, but at the Mm. the end of everything, so flagging, scouting, and then actually getting into signing these people. Mm.
0: Um, I missed what what point I was making. Let's take it (laughs) it back to the beginning, though, because it's an interesting place to start. When you say flagging, presumably you mean flagging up to the club that this is a potential player that we should be following? Well, you
2: say the the club, but we are the recruitment at the club. So, yeah. yeah, Flagging up to yourselves. Flagging up to ourselves. Yeah. um, And yeah going into the database because yeah. we've we built a a database so to speak um
0: which includes all the players that you like
2: or yeah or that have been flagged right so okay. we have we use data to flag um how many are in there at the moment it's relatively new because yeah. we were we were using like a provider um a provider uh they still provide the report templates for us to use Right. Um, but it wasn't so efficient or effective at, like, actually analysing the reports. And yeah. we've ended up having to pull them out and make our own because right. what we wanted to do with it isn't really achievable with the provider. So um,
0: it's relatively new, but there's about 400 players in it at the moment, for example. Okay. But, uh, and they're all at different stages in the process of... Um, some of them presumably haven't even got around to looking at it yet, right? Uh,
2: yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. Um Players that have been flagged recently are on the agenda for watching and and they'll have a higher priority score, for example, for those that haven't been watched. So how does someone get flagged? So yeah, like as I was saying, uh, we use data. Mm -hmm. We analyse data. Um, We have a couple of providers. Uh, So we use Opta uh, and Scout. We run data through our own system, which we've built, and that will score players and provide rankings and lists in them in themselves mm. of who's performing well per league, positionally speaking, and comparing across leagues as well. So you could flag data, uh, flag players up that way through data. Mm. Um, there's always, always uh, the option for scouts to flag players as well. So mm. if you're at a game and you've been watching a couple of others who we've asked them to watch, but someone else caught your eye, the goalie's great. Yeah, yeah, they can. Come back and say that. Same with us when we we're out watching games. Mm. You know, we don't believe in one thing over the other. It's yeah. use everything to okay. your advantage. Data and eyes, essentially, because
0: you know, with the data, and we uh, we don't have to. I, I don't want to ask you for top secret, uh, top the top secrets of the trade behind the Millwall's closed doors, but. Can we just pick a sort of random example to help the listeners understand what we're saying? When you say that you use data, would Mm -hmm. you say, for example, that let's say uh, you had, or Millwall needed a new uh, right back and that there were these, uh, as you said, already defense first, as an example, or someone who was quick. You use... The data you narrow down first, you, for yeah. depending on who you're looking for, that is that is that right?
2: Yeah, exactly right. Okay. So the score that I mentioned is is weighted towards those right um, player requirements, mm-hmm. and they're adaptable. So any change in the requirements of the types of player, you can change the the weightings, and that will churn out a different list. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's like. 50, 60 metrics, I think, with Scout and then a few more with Okta and then we're weighting all of those and producing a number at the end of it, which is hard, which Mm -hmm. is difficult to do because one number to summarise every player is difficult. But then we break it down with uh, defensive possession, attacking scores, and then we'll we'll, dig a little deeper with specific metrics as well. So it's not just here's a list of players in order, go and watch the top five. It's mm. it's more fluid than that, but it's there for us to use and to to say, oh, this performance data is excellent. It's worth looking into this player a bit further. And we can also type their name in and see who's watched them previously, what they thought of them. They might get like a fresh flag
1: or a boost
2: on our priority score to, to go and watch right. them.
1: Are there certain leagues that you don't look at simply because either the overall quality of the league is so poor even if there are outstanding players there it's probably not worth committing resources to them or you don't have the resources to monitor them for example Uh,
2: yes and no Um, we were very much domestic based uh, up until the summer and we've now expanded to certain leagues abroad
0: Um, does that mean you get to go on holidays
2: (laughs) They're not called holidays. No, they're, they're, sorry, not holidays. Sc- Scouted <laughs> assignments. Work assignments. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I meant. Yes, yes. yes. Exactly,
0: those. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've been on a couple. Great. Since, so that's. I'd love interesting. to say where you've been. Not to clubs, but as countries. Uh, I've been to Germany and um, to Ireland. Great. So both brilliant places to go. Yeah, yeah. I learned Ireland, in German and and as South, well. So South it helps or too. east, were you near the. Were you near the the, the coast in Ireland? He's not going to tell you. No. Okay. Um, Just trying to <laughs> narrow it down. Uh, okay. okay. But those, so,
2: those leagues, going back to that, sorry. Those yeah, leagues, well. uh, we chose those based on um, strength as well as financial analysis. We kind of looked into mm. the average wages um, and the level using uh, ELO and a couple of other things that we use as well and and sort of worked out Pound for pound, where was strong or, you know, especially in relation to the championship, where could we find value? What's we, the ELO? ELO is a system, have you used it? You're not, you're not. It just makes me think of the band, that's all. Yeah, not the electric light orchestra, they're not compiling <laughs> data on leagues. But it's a, it's a way of comparing teams across league, using right, a okay. system of like historic results. Okay. And so, I think that's mainly driven from when clubs have met. Uh, cross-border in European competition and okay. then from that they're analysing the league and giving each club within the league a score right okay so we've been able to compare using that and a couple of other things it's so um, a bit like a coefficient or something yeah Yeah. so like strength across Europe and mm. so looking at the championship who compares well with the championship and then
1: financially speaking as well okay Like uh, it's interesting because you have I mean I know probably I don't know maybe like two seasons ago three seasons ago Bundesliga 2 was really hot for players that were coming out of Bundesliga 2 and doing well in the Bundesliga or elsewhere. League yeah. 2, you know, probably two seasons ago, a season ago is the same thing. But it's one of those things where if the financial imperative is also really important, those... league yeah. Ligue 2 in France is really good at producing talent. But the more that people recognise that, the more the financial thing becomes an issue, because suddenly yeah. those clubs turn around and go, "Well, actually, everyone wants to buy exactly. from us." So, so,
2: so league so you got to keep staying ahead of that. League two is a is a saturated market now. Yeah, like mm. every club it seems, uh, because I think we're fairly uh, late to the party in terms of European scouting, because of just because of where where we are as a club and financial limitations and this, that, and the other. But league two, yeah, like you say produce so many players now that everyone is, is there watching. Mm. So again, you just create another market of teams competing and mm. like you say, agents and clubs demanding the according fee because yeah. there's, there's quite a few takers for their players so they can use that to their advantage and less so <clears> probably <throat> with Bundesliga 2 at the moment. There's still some value there. Yeah. so that But that will become less and less um, with, with more and more success, um, but there are a few other leagues uh, that we've worked out are potentially like good markets for value,
1: yeah. and yeah, we're we're monitoring players from those leagues closely now as well. Because mm. to me, that's the interesting thing is that it's not simply. I remember watching the the Sunderland documentary, which I don't know if you saw or not. Yeah, but I watched it. They had they had what I'm guessing was their sort of flagged list of players that mm-hmm. was brought to the, the chairman and and it had people like Zlatan on it and it was it was yeah. there was a sort of a sense of which that, that not to do them any disrespect but there's there's a you're not just looking for the best players no. you're not even looking for the best players for your level that are affordable what you're actually looking I think a lot of the time And particularly if you're the sort of club that I think Millwall is, you're looking for the best player at the best value, and that that's such a crucial element of it that you can't just look at who these guys are and what they do. You've got to look at all of these other facets. Like, is it a saturated league? What are the agents like? Is everybody else looking here? You know, are we going to get into a bidding war with other Championship clubs, or is the competition I don't know the Austrian Bundesliga? So,
2: yeah, I mean, like I mentioned with the, the data flagging lists of players, if those players are already pretty well known and have a, a market value of you know several million already, it's unlikely that they're going to be an option for us. So you have to use a certain amount of uh, common sense with it. Um, but also, we've made a couple of tools for estimating transfer fees, and that's helped to provide values on our own players as well, which have been used in negotiations with our clubs. Right. In oh. terms of, do those work on h- historical examples as well? Um. Yes, it has. It's it's used historic transfers to produce those values, uh, right. obviously adjusted for the times right, and yeah. the increase in. Whatever, mm. but um, yeah, that's just one thing we use to, to work out. Okay, what could the fee be for them, and, and is that within our our remit? Right, um, along with common sense. Um, going back to the Sunderland thing, though, I th- I suspect some clever editing on Netflix's part. Oh, I'm sure. Whereby that was, that was probably just a list of out of contract players, and his name happened to be there because we produce the same lists and his name would have been somewhere on there but wouldn't have been read aloud for a, a TV documentary to come along and point, point fun at because obviously <laughs> there's a, a hell of an 11 of out of contract players across across Europe if you,
1: you know, could afford all the wages under the sun but. Talking of out of contract players briefly, sorry, before given Premier League clubs and the massive infrastructure they have around academies the under 23s league that sort of thing how much of an impact has that made on clubs lower down, both in terms of players being hoovered up from catchment areas, and obviously you're in a hideously competitive catchment area where mm. you are, but also some of those players being released for whatever reason and actually being really, really good quality players who just don't, you know, for, you think of someone like Josh it, um who was I don't know if he was released or bought from Chelsea but didn't make the grade at Chelsea but has gone on to be instrumental for Brentford. Yeah. yeah. Are there more of those guys around? Well is it better that they're going through the academy before they come to you or We're finding that there's less and less of those now. Right.
2: Whilst the big clubs will just hold on to their players mm. for as long as they possibly can. Because they can, they can afford to. And if that player shows anything, any sign of becoming something,
0: then they can afford to keep them around. This is an advert. This episode of the podcast is supported by The Athletic, the best place to read about football online. Visit www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash TIFO for a 30 day free trial and 50% off an annual subscription. Also, very exciting announcement, Alex.
1: Mm. The Athletic Look more excited. Well, I don't know what the announcement is yet, Joe. Uh, okay, well... I'll greet the announcement with an appropriate level of excitement. I'm looking forward
0: to hearing that. Because I'm going to tell you that The Athletic are releasing a series of new podcasts. Oh. That's not excited <laughs> enough. <laughs> well... Okay, well, let me tell you what they are provide and maybe you'll me be more excited. Details. Okay. I mean, there's more than this, but podcast number one—I've got three here that I can tell you about. Podcast number one, the Ornstein and Chapman podcast. Oh, recognize those names?
1: Yes, okay, yes. yes, okay.
0: Not that excited yet. Yeah. Mark Chapman and David Ornstein break open the week's biggest stories and take you deep into the inner workings of the football machine. I am a football machine. I like Mark Chapman. Yeah, I like David Ornstein. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a What do they call that? Like a primo uh, uh, team? Primo team? Okay, listen, that one sounds great. If that doesn't tickle your fancy, I can't, I don't know who you would be if it didn't. Mm. This one will, specifically Mm. because you're listening to the TIFO football. It sounds like they're ripping us off here. TIFO football podcast, zonal marking podcast. I'm actually quite excited about that. The Athletics' Michael Cox and Ali Maxwell, both of whom have been on this podcast, and both of whom are great guys and great talkers. Uh, Ali Maxwell and Michael Cox break down the tactical and technical details of football, past and present, focusing on a single subject each episode with the help of expert guests. It's like I've heard that idea somewhere before, I don't know where, but you know what? It's a perfect... It's it's really (laughs) worth. You can never have too much of a good thing. You can't. You can't have too much of a you good thing. You can't have too much Ali Maxwell. No, those guys... Yeah, I, Ali Maxwell's brilliant, isn't he? I loved it when he came on. That was a really fun episode. I and Michael that Cox one. as well. Yeah, that, he. they're both He's great. Re, Ma, Ali Maxwell is really, really good. Yeah. As is... I feel like we're leaving out Michael Cox, but sure. it, he needs, doesn't need anyone to tell you that Michael Cox is brilliant.
1: Um, That'll be really interesting. I'm really excited I've, to, I to that. I have very much enjoyed... The, like, historical tactical pieces he's done looking back at teams. There was a good one recently on Zambia when they won the Africa Cup of Nations. Right, yeah.
0: Hey, the third one, you might like this as well. There's a third? There's way more than that, but I'm only telling you about three now. Okay. Handbrake off. Hmm? That doesn't sound safe, unless you're just starting the car. You've always got to take the handbrake off to start the car. No, no,
1: no, no, no. You don't drive, mate, so I'm not... You take the handbrake off, and then... You start the car then well, you find the biting point on the gear, then you take the handbrake no, off. No, I, I
0: think you take the handbrake off and then you get into the car <laughs> as it's moving down the hill. <laughs> anyway, handbrake off. The Athletics, Amy, The oh, when they're all from The Athletic, Amy Lawrence and James McNicholas, who've, again, both been on this podcast, both brilliant talkers, both fantastic people, I yeah. would say, um, alongside Ian Stone to bring you a weekly podcast on Arsenal Football Club. They'll be joined by club legend, Lee Dixon. Okay. I mean, I, that was my excited voice. Yeah. To discuss some of the most fascinating stories from Arsenal's past every single week, as well as expert insight from the Emirates. Primo. Primo. It's all primo. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Okay, so we flagged our players. There's a big old list of them. There's different priorities based on how quickly you want to scout them or not. This is presumably going on all the time, not just yeah. during the transfer windows when oh, no, no, we're no, no, talking about no. it. Yeah, it's the day job. So th- the jump from what you're doing to whoever it is at Millwall that is going to then make those decisions as to who to mm. uh, target and who to maybe make a transfer offer for, what does that jump look like and who is then going on to make those decisions? Yeah, there's several elements involved in that
2: jump, like as you say. Um so you continue the you continue data analysis, and you might start to to present visual comparisons from a data perspective on maybe one or two players from different leagues and things that have come up. And you're thinking, all right, we're gaining some momentum with this player. Like reports are coming back really well. Um, let's start to delve even deeper into their into their data, and so you might begin to draw comparisons between shortlisted players and you also start to dig a little deeper into that player as a person as well and, you know, delving into character. Mm. Um, Is that by by asking people that you know in the industry for their opinion or? It wouldn't be me. That's not really my job specifically, but uh, our head of recruitment will be, has so many contacts and relationships across football. So there's always someone you can call about someone right um, he's also always liaising with agents and things so you start to build relationships with players who you haven't even spoken to yet so mm. you know you're you're laying the groundwork for what could be and like getting a, an idea of that player as a person as well because that's a massive thing for our football club like they can't just be a good player they've got to be the right player and the right person for us mm-hmm. to come and play for us um so all those elements will start to go into these lists. We start to build some lists of options, like who are your priority options, who's right. who's next. And and obviously then
0: financial constraints come into that as well. So, it sounds like organisationally there's a lot of admin to do there. Like so much admin, quite yeah. Difficult. I mean, even just how you're describing it, I feel like it's quite difficult for me to get my... You know, if I were yeah. doing your job... And I mean, my job, there are very few different things that I need to do at once. But if four things happen, I get a bit yeah. flustered and need to take them one at a time. Yeah. When you're coming back to look at a player who's been, you know, listed with a certain priority, presumably you are then remembering the last time you, that you looked at them and you've got all of these other things going yeah, on with air, air, their position. Every report gets logged. Right. We start to build... Um you really rely on, on that kind of
2: uh, yeah, the, the foundations and of that? That's relatively new for us as well. So previously it was keeping a mental track and right. and constantly uh, looking into that player's profile on, on this sort of report provider and, and reading through the reports and thinking, okay, well, I've had like so and so many signed verdicts mm. um, or very positive high-scoring monitor verdicts 'Cause on the on the bottom of each report they can put uh, whether they would don't sign monitor or sign them, for example. Right. So okay. you can start to look through all those reports and working out who's building momentum and mm. strong monitors and sign verdicts and stuff. But now obviously we have this system to to do that for us and again we've got a score. <laughs> we love a score. Um a confidence score. A confidence so, score. So yeah, that would be maybe be made up of uh the reports that we've then Fed back into the the system. Right. So how high did their performance score on the scout report? What was the verdict? Um, Who the scout was that provided the report as well, because we have different levels of scout. Okay. Um, And that will contribute to a confidence score in that player. And as that score goes
0: up, you start to think, okay, this player. Okay. It's building. It really is like a computer game, isn't it? I mean, you know, where <coughs> uh, it's obviously a much more complex version of it, but right. rudimentary. I think they do this in 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 FIFA, certainly in the mo- most more recent versions. When you want to go and sign a player, you don't immediately know all of their stats and you have, have to scout, scout them, them first, to yeah. yeah to have those things revealed. That's very interesting. I hate to cheapen this conversation by what I'm about to say. Um, because I'm going to compare it to to the film Moneyball, because that is my only real reference for these sorts yeah. of discussions. But as you were talking about the shift from keeping a mental track of, of these sorts of things and moving to having a more comprehensive uh, digital uh, profiling system it reminded me of that scene where Brad Pitt, of course, Brad Pitt, sexy Brad Pitt is in the room with all the old baseball guys who are just mm. shooting the shit about the players that they're thinking about bringing in. And they seem to have all of the, the their scouting knowledge and their knowledge of these players uh, in their heads. But Brad Pitt likes the computer guy more. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's an element of... Uh... Who's the Brad Pitt at Millwall? You, are you Pitt? the Brad Pitt, or is there another? Is there another? Is, uh, is there a Brad Pitt? No, there? I mean, so Brad Pitt. What was Brad
2: Pitt the? He was the GM, actually, wasn't yeah, he? The general manager. Yeah, so yeah. that's probably your head that's of diff- recruitment. Yeah. yeah, that's difficult to translate. But our head of recruitment is essentially. Does he look anything
0: like Brad Pitt? Um, he'd like me to say yes. But <laughs> <Okay>. No, <laughs> sorry, Alex. It's a very difficult thing to do to look like to look like Brad Pitt. We don't look go? like Brad Pitt. No, we don't. No, it's no, it's really interesting though okay. because he, he oh,
2: he's caught. Coor- sorry, I'm going back to yeah. him because he's coordinating everything essentially. Like mm. you've got day to day in the office would be myself and then another uh, analyst who's come in the last couple of years. Uh, Josh Kennard and then Chief Scout Terry Bullivant and Head of Recruitment Alex Aldridge in the office on a daily basis right. so there's a mixture there of you know Terry's been in the game for his whole life it seems and yeah. countless stories and countless tales from playing days managing scouting now he provides you know everything from that perspective
0: and mm. he sounds like real fun to go to the pub with Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Great.
2: But he will just disappear if you're down the pub with him.
0: Really? After a few beers, it just vanishes. What do they call that? The An Irish exit or something, is it? That's come up once before on this I podcast. Think consent-
2: I think he can He's got that sense when things are getting too messy. Nice. Just Just vanishes. I like to do anything, that as well. Before anything <laughs> just leave. bad happens.
0: Yeah. If there's, I think if there's a certain number of people at the pub that you're with... No one notices anyway. More than five. No one notices when I leave. No. Yeah. Even when I'm trying to say goodbye, they just ignore me. But if there's more than five people at the pub, I reckon you can just walk out and that's
1: that's fine. Yeah, that's
0: fine.
2: I'm not far behind him, to be fair. When right, he's gone, sure. it's... Okay. That might be...
0: The,
1: a good the, time time the death for the... Evening. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And... You're talking about Moneyball and, and one of the things that you, you get in that film is the sense that scouts get invested in certain players. You know, I really like that guy. Mm. They, they advocate for them. Um, and certainly from football manager I've played, you know, you do, you develop, not a fixation is maybe the wrong way of putting it, but there are players that you identify that you get really excited about. And yeah. so I guess my question to you is is in two parts. Firstly... Do you are you much more professional than that? I mean that in a nice way. Like, is is everybody basically just a set of numbers and a set of characteristics, and they either work for the club or they don't, or do you get excited and and so on? Second yeah, question that, being, yeah. in relation to that, do you get not frustrated necessarily, but I don't know. If you're tasked with looking for a left winger, you might find three or four who are all fantastic and you can only sign one or two, Mm. do you get frustrated that you can't have all of them, even though you don't really need them? Do you then follow how those guys do Mm. even after they've gone up? Oh yeah. Possibly beyond Millwall's level, no disrespect intended, but yeah, you do, you do get excited about some more than others.
2: Um, Yes, everyone has a set of numbers, but we're as subjective as we are objective. We, we don't, believe in one thing over the other so and at the end of the day we're we're all human as well so if you go and watch someone and really like what they did then be like wow yeah like I can see him playing for us and you're excited Mm. visually as well as looking at them on paper and do
1: you uh, find what, yourself
0: making an argument for them more back in the office if you've really enjoyed yeah, probably. Playing, if I've seen it, it for yourself I've seen
1: this guy
0: Yeah, we yeah. need this guy you can, they can probably tell
2: you can tell when someone's wrote a report and they're just doing absolute cartwheels about someone right. like it's so strong Like, and that will be reflected in that report score so again there is a number yeah. to, to, to back up their excitement mm. uh-huh. but like
1: you said there there's an emotional connection yeah right. absolutely yeah.
2: A, and you don't want to take that out of the game because We are bringing everything together to make better decisions. That's essentially what we're doing, Mm. using objective methods, but not ruling out subjective ones, you know. And it's all about creating better decisions, creating better options, and then enabling those that make the decisions to make better ones, to make more informed ones. And then, I mean, you could have this list of players, and then if it comes down to, well, he's not available, he's not available, we can't afford him, he doesn't want to come. Okay, we're down at the fifth one. That's just how it is.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, I've done it for four years now, and I don't remember a window where you'd go and get everyone you wanted. Right, like, uh, wanted as a priority. That is, yeah. Because ultimately, everyone we sign comes through a system, and yeah. even if uh, going back to the start again, avail- availability can flag players because mm-hmm. you know their situation at one club might mean that they could be available. So, okay, let's have a look at that option. And then that still goes through the same process of data analysis and scouting. It might be video scouting because they're not playing, mm. but it can be availability-led. So,
1: yeah, there's, there's so That's much to consider. It seems like a huge... I mean, not it seems like, it is a huge amount of work. Because yeah. if you think you've got... You've said something like 400 players on your current system. You've been doing your job for four years you'll have been involved in the assessment of well over 1,500 players. Of course. We started this system in the summer, and we're already up to 400 players. So So in the course of a transfer window, you might sign three players, four players maybe? Yeah. So you're looking at probably a maximum, if we exclude youth signings, of... Somewhere between five and ten players joining Millwall in a calendar year, yeah. and f- those five or ten players have come from a list of a thousand, yeah. one and a half thousand. That's why you have to use that are flagged, yeah. And and the the world of football outside those who've been flagged is even larger. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. it just yeah, it is. The just, funnel is so narrow. That's exactly
2: it, the funnel. Like we have, we've made where we've presented, like what we do or what we've done to various people we, we often use this diagram of a cone mm. that is like essentially all these elements being funneled down and filtered and sent at the end of the day after so much work you end up with a list and then even signing them after working out who's available and who who we okay we can sign them we want to sign them let's try and sign them trying to sign someone isn't a, yeah. yeah. a pain in the ass, and I'm not even involved mm. in that you just go on a roller coaster with you know
0: agents and clubs and it can be an absolute nightmare right. just trying to get people in the door. Well, this is what I wanted to ask you, actually. After your job is done, at the end of that, presume, and obviously there isn't one point in the year where you present this, you know, whoever with a list, but that is, a, a, as, a, as a metaphor, it's a good way of looking at it. That's something that's happening continually. But yeah. when you've finished your job and you've handed off that list to whoever's job it is to then go on and, and mm-hmm. sign the player, what presumed, as you say, you have no... Role going forwards, in that you just hope that the players that you know you hope that essentially mm. your advice to whoever's role that is, yeah, is um is heeded and and there's it's successful, yeah.
2: So I do, I do everything, like you say, everything up to that point. Um, if it goes to the manager, um, you've done everything to to help the manager make his decision, including the what a range of a, an expected value for the player as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's presented with all that, mm-hmm. yeah. um. Uh, we produce dossiers and on, on every option there is and that includes comparison so there's so much going into mm. them making that decision once it gets beyond that um, I guess you have to just be well we are just preparing for okay what if that doesn't happen
0: are you, are, are you well one? informed is there a good yeah. um, communication between the two groups so if yeah, you know so, where you are at a certain stage with so, a certain player yeah, so the head of recruitment who
2: works with us on a daily basis is is right. uh, We'll sort of go with the chief executive and, and try and get deals done. Mm-hmm. But he's constantly keeping us in, in the loop as to how that's going and it's a roller coaster.
0: This is an advert. We've all been there. Been where? It's Wednesday night. It's the Champions League. It's in full swing. A player you've never heard of picks up the ball. That doesn't happen to me. On the hu- It does happen to normal people. On the halfway line. He goes past one. Then he goes past another, and all of a sudden he's on the edge of the box. He doesn't look up, but he kills the
1: ball to the top right corner.
0: What am I talking about? I... Here's the next... He's, he, he he is the next big thing. Oh, okay. Um, you know, you're sure of it now. <laughs> sure. How can you make a bit of cash from your prediction? Uh... It's not a prediction if you're sure of it, but... mm. colloquially speaking that is is a thing one might say yes anyway football index is the stock market for buying shares in footballers buy shares in players you think will perform and if you know your football their value will rise and you can sell you can even win payouts when they score and assist and when they perform in the media go to footballindex.co.uk or download the app and use the code Tifo on sign up to get a get the five hundred pound money back guarantee. Start trading in something you love today with football index. Terms and conditions apply 18 plus and please gamble responsibly. Please gamble responsibly. Do those things happen outside of the transfer windows as well? Like those conversations, the initial ones, um, or is it, is it, I mean I know it's a flurry of I activity think that's in the tapping
1: summer. up,
0: Joe. Oh no, no, I don't mean I don't mean like specific conversations around players, but I just mean presumably it's in their thoughts. They're working towards those things before January. Yeah, so yeah. agents are well aware of their players'
2: situation and mm. how their players feeling. So they're preparing for every situation just like we are. Mm-hmm. That's the best way of putting that. I think. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there is constant conversation and yeah, working out what could be an option and, and what would not.
1: Do, Do you I, watch them once they've signed? Yeah. If you've got a blood that you've gone right, definitely put the house on him. Mm. Are you then checking in on how? Oh he's yeah, doing that's the most and, terrifying
2: thing. Yeah. When, okay, you you've gone through all of that, you've managed to get them signed. And then the first time they put on a shirt and step out and you're there to see it. Okay, let's hope and pray he does well now. Because it's at the end of the day, that that's, that's the job. I mean, you could mm. not sign your top priority and they come in and do really well. You could sign your top priority and they come in and underperform. Yeah. Obviously, everything you're doing is also, you're trying to make better decisions, but you're also trying to reduce risk. So, yeah. Because every transfer there's risk. Yeah. Like you can sign the most highly regarded player in that league or in that country at that time and they come in and it still doesn't happen yeah that that happens a lot and will continue to happen that's people that's performance that's the nature of it right. so yeah but yeah going to
0: watch who you brought in for the first time is
1: nerve wracking
0: nerve wracking yeah because yeah. on a personal basis hmm presumably as well the first time that you would talk to a player that you've scouted and that you've you know you've made the argument for is when they arrive at the club right you don't have a conversation with them before that so I wouldn't, wouldn't. when they do arrive and maybe you talk to them they don't they don't know who you are but you've spent maybe a year maybe <laughs> more yeah. following their game it's a bit like you know, I listen to uh, the Adam Buxton podcast, for example. I don't know if he, either of you guys listen to that. No, it's my favourite podcast. And I feel, you know, that if I ever met that man in real life, uh, it would be very, an odd an odd dynamic, because I think mm. uh, we're really good friends, but we're not. He doesn't know who I am. Is it ever weird when yeah, you yeah. finally speak to them and they've got I, no idea who you are? I don't are? really talk to the players. You don't, right. Okay. You don't want to get attached. Partly because I'm... Um,
2: not like that talkative anyway with people I don't really know, right um, I'm getting to you, to know you guys, so it's fine it's're doing it's, a pretty good job, yeah 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 um, but yeah if, so yeah, so like you say, you've done all that work on them, compiled this, compiled that, I've even prepared their presentation, mm-hmm. so the manager used to sit down with a uh, target once we've gone through everything. You eventually managed to get them sat down with the manager to have a chat about joining the football club, Mm. prepared a presentation to to woo them, Right. essentially, put something together that will woo them, along with sitting down with the manager who will woo them himself. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done all that and I've signed, great, see them in the the canteen the next day, probably wouldn't say a word, (laughs) probably just say, all right. (laughs) <laughs> and also it keeps me distant as well because yeah. uh, if if it doesn't quite work out I might be trying to replace him in six right. months Yeah, yeah. and, yeah, a, and the same point. for all the other players as well like you say mm. uh, improving on the weakest member of your squad if he's like if I get on really well with him around the training ground that's going to mm. be a little bit
0: weird if I'm constantly out trying to find his right. replacement and move him on well, can I take it back to the, you know, to sort of unfairly comparing it to a game? Does it ever feel like, I mean, what you're describing, you know, this kind of... There's this a lot sort of game
2: of, comparisons.
0: Well, but there's a, there's a lot of work, that, and it's a kind of, you know, grindy games are some of the most popular games. You put a lot of work in at the beginning to see the results sort of at the end or an ongoing basis, right? But, you know, just from what you've described, let's say you do spend a year looking at a particular player that you really like. You put all the work in. You make the argument for him. You do, you know, you architect the wooing stage. It all comes off, and then the player comes in. Yeah. At that point, and then you don't talk to him. At that point, does it feel like you sort of are playing a game? Because in a way, that is. A, I mean, I know yeah, that, that is. What I know what you mean. Football manager is supposed to reflect that. I know what you mean. From a different perspective, do you feel like you reflect the game in some ways? I know what you mean. Um, but
2: I also like to dig into the the personality of the people. Like, mm-hmm. um, I get that from other sources, so I don't have to talk to them to to right. get to know them to work, you yeah. know, work out what they're like and stuff. But we kind of try and do all that before we sign them anyway, because they mm. have to be um, of a certain character to to work well at our football club anyway. So mm-hmm. that's a big another that's another factor that I didn't mention in all of that um, recruitment process, but. Uh, so you do kind of get to know them without speaking to them. Right. So like, it's guess that's like, like a game, game yeah. but without FIFA but, and, but also just that you put
0: a lot of... FIFA like and
2: Football Manager doesn't really have emotions
0: and stuff. No, that's true. But the work <laughs> that you do is removed from the result. I think that's kind of what I'm saying. Like if, you know, it's a bit like... Um, I can't think of a, really, of a good comparison, but things happen essentially as a result of the work you do, But yeah. the, but the direct... Um, them being a direct consequence of your work, but the direct link between that and the thing actually happening is a little bit existential in a way. Do you understand what I'm? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes.
1: As someone who used to play Football Manager a lot, right i I actually got I got annoyed once you got into the season. Right. I didn't want to manage the tactics of games. I wasn't interested in that. I was <laughs> interested in everything that you do right. I would have been then very happy to hand it over to and just else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of get on with the next then, set of then really scouting. what's happened
0: is you've just made things happen by sitting in a room and then going to you know occasionally going to scout mm-hmm. players and then a football club changes and you have a whole season whether you win or lose and as I said at the beginning it's, it's a lot of responsibility right I yeah. mean do you, you, are you, you in you football must be manager a bit- can you be hired yeah.
2: I think so. Yeah. (gasps) What's your star rating?
0: Do you have a star rating? Do they have those
2: in Football Manager? My colleague Josh was obsessed with Football Manager and is devastated that he's not on the latest game. (laughs) But I've been on it for a while because I played for, I think Braintree, I played for Braintree and I was on, I spoke to the guy when I was there and so he put Braintree on the game. So I've been on it ever since and even it's got my career history like at Histon working as an analyst. Wow. Houston
0: stuff that's on there would then, you advise listeners to uh, buy you as a scout
2: yeah I think he showed me one year I had uh, 18 for presentation
0: skills oh. or something he's good at the wooing So nice. also yeah. fairly good take, media I'll skills that. I would say it,
2: working with youngsters
0: is quite low right mm. okay I don't really have to do that So well there you go I'll be why it's low
2: then Josh is Josh my colleague is the youngest is the most youngster I have to work with and right
0: He's, he's twelve do, years I do old. So. so. Yeah,
1: not quite. He's <laughs> only just got a national insurance now. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so um, I'm trying to think if there's if there's a question. You
1: mean
2: like this you're talking more so. about day to day working with the player? That I don't really have anything to do with like training and stuff.
0: Yeah, or, or you, well, I'm more just I'm more interested in the in the in the relationship really based on mm. based on you know how how close you are to. Their numbers for uh, yeah. for such a long time. It's a, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, what? Who? Uh, would you be comfortable telling me who? The, well, maybe you would, maybe you won't. But like the best player that Millwall currently have, that you feel proud to have been part of the work to bring that player in. I don't. Mm. I don't know if Do you want to start. Um,
2: it's probably not fair.
0: No, that probably um, isn't fair. You can tell, will you tell me they're after this song recording.
2: Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, you're telling me after. <laughs> tell you so you that's after, fine. You're more in. You're more involved with some than others yeah Um, you're involved in everything because it Mm -hmm. always goes through us but if it's like availability or agent led then you probably don't feel as excited about that one as another one that you've monitored from you know wherever another league another club and And you had have you had those moments
0: where you felt super proud that you know a big part of it is down to you and it's worked out yeah it feels good but then you don't you won't go around shouting
2: about those ones because no. on, on the flip side, you could be more involved with one that doesn't work out. Yeah. And
0: you're not going to go around shouting about that one, are you? So No, but from a personal take, perspective, when you see them play and you see it work out, uh, you know or maybe let's I'm, say not, they score I'm not a winning great goal. at
2: self-promotion so I probably won't mention the good ones as <laughs> much as I wouldn't want to mention the
0: bad ones but it feels good to you that's the point I'm yeah. trying to make when you're not, not to talk about it but just like to be satisfied when you're them, in the stands and they m- score a goal or whatever oh yeah, of like, bump. Fuck yeah. yeah that was me man yeah. I did that yeah.
1: oh, we- it's, that's the first time we've sworn no
0: I said shit earlier it's oh, fine did you Just to put a parental advisory on it yeah, yeah. we do yeah but I, they all have that anyway so it's fine no one's phone has there are, a pair on these days there are
2: yeah there are amazing moments like that like when mm. cause I don't get I get to the odd Millwall game I watch a lot back on video yeah um, if I'm at a game and then like a big we, we love a cup run at Millwall for example and like the win over Everton last season when I was there and uh, a few of ours, um, most of the team has probably come for us now. To be fair, but mm. a few of our like most uh, involved ones like scored in like a huge moment for the club,
1: mm. and you are just like
2: wow, this is great. That's cool.
1: You, yeah. Presumably, you're. I mean, you said like it's a it's a day job, so you're, you know, you're watching football or crunching numbers nine to five Ad, Monday to Friday. Like you say a lot of admin as well. It's just, or admin. Do you, do you do you find when you go home? Then that you just can't be asked to watch football. Sometimes, um, plus
2: I have to draw the line with uh, my wife somewhere because right? obviously everything yes. revolves around football. Yeah. So to come home and then just stick more and more football on can get a bit, bit much for mm. her sometimes. But she's pretty good, and if I want to watch games, then. I'll make a case for it.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a he's player, got really presentation skills. Uh, yeah, uh, down and says. We've well, got a presentation for score, eighteen, seven, seven, 18 eight for that
2: confidence score. Right. I really want to keep an eye on him in that this game with yeah. Teddy tonight. I'll just yeah, make something up. I
0: like it. Um, one final question: um, How do you do your job? How did you get to do your job? I mean, we a lot of people ask us who listeners to the podcast or you know viewers of the videos who want to get yeah. involved in football. How did you do it? So.
2: Well, when I was at uni, which was nine, ten years ago now, during the early on in the second year, the opportunity came up to do some voluntary work with Histon. Um, and out of like a group of, I think it was four hundred in this seminar about said opportunity, eight people went along to the club and uh, sat down with the manager, player manager then, which was David Livermore, and uh, said, "Oh, he was like, oh yeah, we've got." such and such a role for you if you're interested, blah, blah, blah. And then I think I was the only one that then pursued that interest. He didn't sort of go and keep everyone. He didn't go and chase everyone mm-hmm. to go and work for him. So I went to like a Histon under-18s game at Soham on a Tuesday night. I was late mm-hmm. and I watched this under-18 game and did like notational analysis right my first sort of taste of stats in football basically and everything pen and paper put a little report together numbers backed up with what i bought. sent him a match report and then the next day i was at the training ground um and it went on from there so essentially like that decision to go to Histon on a tuesday night or to right. Soham, not even to Histon, but to Soham on mm. a tuesday night to to just put my foot in the door got me an opportunity uh, working with him on games, doing video as well as data, work, and then going into the training ground like after lectures on a couple of days a week, going to games and stuff. And then he went to Millwall, under 18s. I joined him alongside uni. So I, all the time I'm acquiring education
0: and experience, mm-hmm. hand in hand. Yeah. And just worked my way up from there, basically. Great, man. Hey, well, Congratulations thank you and um, thanks so much for coming on we really appreciate it my pleasure hope you come back maybe later in the season or next year we can do another version of this I'd love to yeah Alex thank you Mm. Mm. and we will be back uh, next week I know what we're doing next week is a big uh, Tottenham Special, Why, uh, why, Joe? Why what are we doing I Tottenham? don't know why. I, I feel like either. something has happened. I don't uh. know what it is. But we have uh, Jack Pitbrook and Charlie Eccleshire from The Athletic are coming on to, to talk to me about why what happened happened and why. And also you and Seb will be there to talk me through, I guess we will have seen probably two Jose Mourinho Tottenham games by that point. Um, mm. So we can have a little... Uh, look back at the tactics of yesteryear and the tactics of now. Yeah?
1: Sounds thrilling.
0: Actually, given that I normally say I don't know what's happening, that wasn't bad, was it? (laughs) That was all right. That was all right. Uh, Okay, thanks so much, and uh, see you next week. Goodbye. Hey, TIFO listeners, how does the sound of free beer sound to you? I've read that first sentence wrong, but don't worry about it. You understand what I'm saying. Free beer. All you've got to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash TIFO and cover just £4.95 for the postage, Uh, new customers only please, and you will get eight free beers plus two additional free beers, that's ten free beers, uh, delivered to your house uh, normally the next day. Um, Although having said that, if you are doing this before Christmas, you need to order them before the 17th of December to ensure that they will actually arrive before Christmas. You wouldn't want to miss out. on them. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. Um, Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California... Finland and many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. No, no, no. The beauty of Beer Fifty Two is they don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in, and you can leave at any time. Essentially, what you are signing up for is a monthly subscription to delicious beers, right? But there's no minimum requirement. So if you just want to try it out for the first month, or you, as I said, all you do is cover the four ninety-five postage. If it's not your thing, um, you can cancel before you're charged for the next month. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash TFO. That's beer52, the numbers.com forward slash TFO to get your first case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, TFO customers, get an extra two unmissable beers for free. That's
1: ten free beers.
0: Uh, that's beer52.com forward slash TFO. Claim this unmissable deal by the 17th of December to guarantee pre Christmas delivery. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode.